Well, hello, everybody. Uh, we are back this week for Curious About Creativity with your host, Steph Turner, and the wonderful... Ashley Evenson. Thanks, Ashley. Um, so today we thought we would actually give ourselves the opportunity to answer some of the questions that we ask our guests. I'm super excited to interview you today, although I'm kind of nervous for you to ask me questions. Why? I don't know. I think it's always one of those things where it's like, even though I know what the questions are, I'm very much like, oh gosh, what am I going to say? Because I feel like as much as I prepare for things, sometimes I just sort of shoot from the hip. I'm very American that way. I think these questions and creativity, I think by its very nature, doesn't have a prescribed answer, does it? So Mm -mm. something about trusting just whatever comes up. Well, we should probably get started then. Let's go for it. Welcome everyone to Curious About Creativity. This is a podcast that is run by myself, Ashley Evenson, and my co-host, Steph Turner. Hello. Steph is a ceramic artist. She is also a workshop facilitator. She's done a lot of work in the realm of grief and loss and palliative care, but she's also done a lot of work in the realm of creativity, leading workshops, uh, working with makers, an all-around creative and maker. Thank you, Ashley. I'm very excited that we're working on this together. And I obviously need to introduce you to our lovely listeners too. So Ashley is an incredible storyteller. She can help anybody craft their own story. But above all, she is an amazing writer and storyteller herself and performer. She has a whole multitude of talents, uh, including workshop facilitation. She's an educator. She also coaches other creatives too. So no one I'd rather create uh, something about creativity with. God, you make me sound so cool. Like I was just listening to all this and I was like, dang, I don't ever feel that cool. Because you are, girl. Okay, so I'm going to ask you the first question. When did you realize that creativity was going to be a major part of your life? I think it has always been a major part of my life. Obviously, I wasn't making money out of it when I was very little, but I have vivid memories of uh, being the child on their own inside playing with loads of craft materials while everybody is out playing outside or watching TV I would be literally covered in glitter or paint, always making. I remember getting so much joy and being so proud of what I was creating. Uh, One of my favourite things I ever did at school was paint a picture of a dinosaur and Queen Elizabeth I. Um, (laughs) So I have like these very strong memories of just being so in love with creating and being messy my parents would absolutely attribute uh, all of the crazy mess in our house to to me I think I did a lot of drawing on the walls as well um so it's always been something that I've got so much joy from and uh I've always had a real drive to have a career in the creative industries in one way or another so when I was 12 I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer uh there's a few kind of other things before that like tornado chaser I think it was when Twister came out. So I think that is actually why. Uh, I was about to say, I was like, yeah, I think we all wanted to be tornado chasers. I wanted to be it for like a second when Twister came out. And then I was like, that's too much science. Well, exactly. Yeah, it definitely would not have uh, suited 
any of my skill set really um but uh after that little blip um I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer now I couldn't sew at all and uh my drawing was quite questionable but I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours drawing different clothes I remember dialing up on the old dial up internet uh where is the best place to go to study fashion design and I found out it was London and I found out it was Central St Martin so I was like right I'm going there and I did end up going to Central St Martin's to do my foundation and that is an incredibly um, privileged position because financially I needed support in order to do that and I would not have been able to do any of that if my parents hadn't contributed to that so I'm massively aware of um, kind of my privilege of being able to to go and do that and also I had a family that were really supportive of my creativity, but my dad always wanted to be an artist and sort of never was able to fulfill that dream. And um, I think that's perhaps one of the reasons that he greenlighted me to move to a big city and to study art, uh, which, you know, uh, on the face of it was never really going to earn me the big bucks. Um, <laughs> but actually what happened when I moved to London was that my confidence in my own ability to be creative and how good I was at being creative just fell off a cliff it was a big shock to move I felt quite lonely at times but also that I was in a really competitive art college every other week we had a crit and that actually really knocked my creative confidence just to remind everyone a crit is critical feedback yeah that's right, right. So, so so people would go and and you would present something and then they would give you feedback and you just had to sit there and take it quietly is that correct well yeah I mean you could definitely argue back if you wanted I suppose it's with your peers and it's with your tutor you know actually I learned a lot from doing them I did really learn a lot there was a lot of kind of discipline within it and I think it does make you more reflective and also you've got to contribute as well as present you know you've got to contribute to your peers and things like that and I think that that is a really good thing but I think something that I um really struggled with in that was was confidence and I remember one particular one we had an external person who set us a project came in to to review uh, some of our work midway through and I'd done these really ridiculous drawings that involved me standing in the sea and drawing um I mean they were questionable but he said that's not drawing like, I don't know what you've done there, but it's absolutely not drawing. And that made me, again, just question what I was doing. It really closed me up in terms of playfulness and creativity because I felt like I was yeah. doing something wrong. There's been a few moments in my kind of creative journey where I've really retreated into my shell. And so it's only now in the last few years that I've, I've really worked on trying to reclaim my inner artist. When you're in that phase of being a young adult or like from, you know, adolescence to adulthood, the way that people treat you and your creative endeavors really leaves a mark, mm. I think. Absolutely. As to how you look at yourself as an adult, but then especially in the creative journey, how you look at yourself as a practitioner as well. And I think we don't give, we don't give young people enough time and space to really explore and figure out what they can be absolutely I think there comes a moment doesn't it where when when play is over like you, you don't have time to figure stuff out anymore or try things because you've you know you're you're hopping on the conveyor belt of life and a career and getting your yeah. stuff sorted and you know what you should be doing as an adult whatever that is um <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I, I've only really embraced my creativity in terms of making it my career in the last couple of years because again I was doing work where I could invite my creativity into a point but actually a lot of my job was kind of task-based or facilitating other people to do things um, and you know creativity was 110% part of it but it wasn't the the driver I suppose the main driver and it's been really freeing to be able to adopt that as my main career now um, or at least to try to. I think that's part of the process as well of, of like, right, so how can I turn something that I am creating and doing that there's not necessarily, I, I don't want to say a market, but not like a regular route. Like this is a, like I'm creating my own journey as it's unfolding. You know, you can't fill out an application and just be like, oh, here, I'm going to be a facilitator for a company that's just starting up. While the creative economy is a change is changing, I think that a lot of it comes from people like yourself who are like, right, I have to, I have to pave a new path, you know, go where no man has gone before. A woman. Yeah, I know, but it's a Star Trek thing, right? Like to go where no, yeah. Anyway, um, or human, whoever, so however good. they identify themselves, or alien. Again, because it's from Star Trek. Not that I'm saying people are aliens. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. But yeah, and I think that takes a lot of, of bravery and belief in yourself as a creative. And, and it's true. I think, I think the idea, not the idea, but the act of facilitating, to me, it's very similar to educating. It's, it's one of those things that like your canvases are the people around you and your ability to paint. It's all about the colors that you can sort of unveil within them. Yeah, it's a real kind of joy, isn't it, of, of being in community with others as well, I think, in that respect. But we've certainly talked enough about me because I would love to hear about your journey, Ashley. So when did you realise that you were creative or creativity was going to be a major part of your life? I knew really early on that I was going to, I just wasn't going to go the same road that everybody else had gone. I came from a very creative family. Like my mom is very much of a maker. She's a teacher, but she's, I mean, she is always looking to expand her skills and her horizons in the world of creativity. Like she's gone from scrapbooking to quilting to my dad. He was a theater producer and he was a builder as well. So he used to build and then from building, he moved into theater and set design and then became a tech director and then began teaching theater and film and all these other things. So I think I come from a deeply creative family. So really, it's I've never lived in a world without it. But for my own path, I have a very specific moment that I remember I knew I wanted to write. And that was, it was, I had to have been in like second or third grade. And we had an assignment where we had to like, it was one of those like story assignments where it's like, finish this sentence and like turn it into a two paragraph story or something. And that was the assignment to finish two paragraphs. And I wrote six pages front and back. Wow. I would go and I would read it to my parents and they'd be like well that doesn't sound like an ending you need to finish it so keep going and so they kept you know pushing me to go and then I remember the next day at school I was so excited to like read it out to everybody because I had put so much of myself into it and there was adventure and I think it was it was a story about like a princess who like get captured by these pirates that come down on these like vines or something like that and it was it was wild anyway I I you know write this story I get up to say it in class and people were so mad because they were like six pages front and back 
Like people don't have that kind of time, man. Like we're seven, what are you doing to us? And, and I remember nobody appreciated it, but I also remember that I had this feeling of like, well, I didn't do it for anybody else. Like I yeah. did it because it's mine. And I just sort of knew right then that like, I, I don't care if I ever have an audience, I'm always gonna be, I'm always gonna be telling a story of some kind. And then as I grew up, I, I sort of shied away from writing because of the way that, you know, education does that to kids. It doesn't necessarily get encouraged, I think, at least within the American education institutions. So I sort of shied away from it for a while and then went into to theater and performing. And I think really it, it all came to a head when I was in speech and debate in high school. And that was something where I could use my creativity as a performer. I could use writing as, you know, as an intellect and, and write speeches. And then I could also learn from other people in creative ways and come up with arguments in creative ways and, and that sort of thing. So I think I've always just been open to finding different ways that creativity can play in my life. Like I, I spent some time as a tech director in theater. I kind of liked the challenge of using tech as a form of creativity, um, like lighting design and, and sound design and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then I began producing in theater and, um, and performing in theater. And then eventually I tried to climb the ranks in the realm of the producing worlds. I got to New York and was doing stuff on Broadway or off Broadway. Then I just realized I, this is not making me happy. And then I moved to the UK and was like, well, what is it that does make me happy? And telling, and, and the entire through line, my whole career has been telling stories or finding ways to tell stories. And so then that's when I just started becoming a storyteller yeah it's so incredible isn't it that actually it's sort of like this meander I get some energy from this like how do I how do I weave it that into my life and my work and um yeah I can really hear that in your um journey kind of through theatre and and off Broadway and everything and, and you know and you think that that is the shining light like that's the thing you're aiming for and then suddenly you're there and you think hang on a minute this still doesn't fit so what is it what is it that keeps me alive and that brings me joy yeah that's and I think that's the thing is that I remember when I applied for that producing job I remember thinking oh this is my dream job like this is I've worked my whole life to get to this moment and then when I got there it wasn't it hadn't even been 30 seconds where I was like I'm in the wrong place this is not me at all and I was able to find a really small community theater company they just did theater because they loved it. And that's what made me fall back in love with theater. Because I think that when I started producing, uh, it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm so miserable. I hate it here. Because like, for me, I was in a creative role in a creative industry, but I was still miserable. And it was one of those things where I just remember thinking like, this cannot be it. And it led to a really, really dark depression of like wanting to just not get up in the morning wanting to find any way out that I could and like just just living a very painful existence and it it really sucked mm -hmm. and I think that finding that community theater group was the thing that brought me out of it there was also this notion of like you know this doesn't have to be your dream your dreams can change and I, and I think that giving yourself that permission to go back to the drawing board and rediscover what your dreams could be or what your creative practice could be, I think that that was just a lifeline. I mean, my personal feeling is that as artists in whatever discipline, I think part of it is you feel things deeply. 
um, mm. and that can be incredibly joyful but sometimes it can be incredibly painful too and it can be incredibly blocking and again you know you're really kind of hitting the nail on this head of thinking about that there's one there's one thing for us to do or like there's one end game for it and there's one kind of product and actually kind of particularly western society builds us up to to think that you know we've got to get to one particular place or we've got to have status or we've got to have money or we've got to have all these different things um, but obviously they don't always bring us the things that we expect um, or we're hoping for it's a big painful lesson isn't it to actually experience that yeah it is so what are some positive changes that you have seen in your life because of creativity or what positive changes has creativity done to you or others so my immediate answer is about the impact I see in other people I love the power that creativity can have to connect people with joy to connect them you know not even with joy but perhaps their reality in some way I run groups for various different people going through different things in their lives so people who are experiencing grief or loss people who are carers people who've had uh, mental health problems people who've got lived experience of asylum detention I, it never ceases to amaze me. One, the power of creativity and how it celebrates our differences in the best possible way. So you can give a room full of people exactly the same brief, exactly the same time, exactly the same materials, and every single one of those, whatever they create, will be different. I love that. I love that that celebrates kind of humanity and people. And I love that when people feel brave enough to share their work together, that actually everyone wants to celebrate it, that it is. It's always amazing to see what people have created from a blank sheet. Even singing, like how transformative that can be. That actually just making noise in a way that's different to talking, being in a group with other people, doing something physical with our bodies. In 10 minutes, it can transform somebody's posture. It can put a smile on people's faces. It can relax people. I just love that. I feel like I wish I could bottle that up because it's delightful. <laughs> I completely agree different ways creativity comes into our body and then changes how we feel about xyz you know life love the pursuit of happiness and i suppose how creativity has made positive in changes in my own life like it helps me to know myself better it tells me a lot about myself things come up on a page that i don't even know that i'm consciously thinking about but actually when you take a step back and look at it again it could mean lots of different things and i'm i'm always fascinated by that and it's always such a a gift this idea that you could have this sort of dialogue with yourself without words uh, and connect to different parts of you whether that's like parts you know from way back in your life to just a question perhaps that you're holding that you don't realize that you're holding I feel very privileged and lucky to be able to do that in my work and I've got great people around me as well that encourage me to do more of that it's healing I think that's the other thing. Healing doesn't mean that it's not painful to do it, but it's healing because it helps us see different aspects of ourselves and others and our experiences, helps us to process them, helps us to make sense of them. But it can also just be silly or it can also just be fun or it can just be a doodle on a piece of paper while you're having a phone call with somebody, which I do a lot of. If I ever do that on Zoom, it's not because I'm not listening. It's genuinely how I process stuff. <laughs> I need to be doodling. 
I've seen this. I've witnessed you doodle. And like, and then I've seen like the absolute wisdom that comes out of you while you're just like your head is turned and your pen's on the paper. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's an incredibly um, precious resource that we have, but actually in a very abundant resource, I think too. And I, But it's inspiring to me that like somebody on this planet can go and make something that never existed before and find a way to make that their, their living and live off of that. I think that's really exciting. What do you believe the barriers, however major or minor, to creativity are? I think there's a whole spectrum. And as we've said, ultimately, you need space to be creative. And that space only comes when you have security and support around you. And there might be a whole host of reasons why people might not have that available to them. It could be time. It could be money. It could be oppression. It could be, um, you know, life circumstances. All of those things will have an impact. And I think, you know, it's really important to acknowledge all of that. And sometimes the creative industries are seen as something which, you know, everyone can be themselves in, but that's still not the case. Um, I think it's definitely a place where the dialogues and the exploration and the curiosity can come out but there's still so much societally that needs to change in order to have real unrestricted freedom for them another big barrier is this is going to get more political isn't it but um but like our education system actually like I think some things it does very well but particularly here it's so driven by what you're going to do next what you're going to do next what mm. are you going to do next and there's no time for play and it's such a shame because it's kind of drummed out of us that we can make mistakes, we can be playful, we can be silly, we can be messy. Everything is on a kind of spectrum of different realities. And that's the incredibleness and the wonder and the awe about humans and our differences and the different aspects of us that need to be celebrated. But I think the other thing is around confidence, around creativity and kind of permission to be creative and to own your creative narrative, to feel like you've got a right to hold space and a right to call yourself whatever you want to call yourself professionally. On a personal level, my own barriers to creativity live in the world of mental health. My mind gets to a place of feeling trapped. And that's just not a place where creativity can thrive. And I've tried to use creativity as a way to get out of that trapped place. Like there's been times where I've been, you know, writing a piece or, or working on a piece and I'm just, and I'm so stressed and the deadline's coming up and it's so difficult to get through. And then that's that moment where I have to stop and take a break and witness somebody else's creativity before mine can move forward. So, so part of that I think is acknowledging when you need a break in order to have a breakthrough. But then additionally, I think that there's also a literacy that people don't necessarily have the words or the toolkit to express how they might need to find or discover their own creativity. And because they're in different situations that make creativity so difficult to get to, like even having the language to break into a creative industry or break into a creative field or a creative endeavor, I think that's a major barrier is having that sort of language to be able to talk about it or to acknowledge or even discover what that might be. Yeah, I love that. I think that is, is so key as well, isn't it? That language thing. And also the value that's placed on creativity as well. Like if people around you don't value 
art or creativity or those things then if that's something that's within you but you you know it, again that's not valued you're not going to walk towards that there's so much there's so much and I think it's just important to to acknowledge and unpack that and I'm I'm also looking forward to learning more from our other guests as well about their perspectives on this and hopefully you know open up my own as well I think it's time for the quick fire round. Are you ready? As I'll ever be. So finish the sentence. Creativity is. Joy and deep connection with ourselves and others. I love that. I love that so much. Okay. Something that is inspiring me now is. The color coral. I can't get enough of it. I don't (laughs) know why. I just love it. I painted a wall in front of me. I bought mugs that match that color. It just is filling me with uh, fun and I am loving it right now. I love that you picked a color. That makes me so happy. If you had to listen to one song on repeat, what would it be? They change, but right now is the Staves Good Woman. I've heard very little songs that just say, you know what? You're not perfect, but you're a good woman. I've needed that recently. So that is what's on repeat for me. So you can have one piece of artwork, visual art in your home. Money is no object. What artwork would you have and who is it by? I um, would have uh, have a Rothko piece. Um, I don't know which one. Many of them are called untitled so uh, <laughs> with a number. So I remember going to uh, the Tate Gallery when I was younger and I had been studying Rothko uh, for my art A-level and I thought what the hell is this about honestly it's just some paint on a canvas so boring anyone could do that and I remember then going to see it and being blown away by it it was a red and black canvas and the depth of it was amazing and I felt something looking at it and I didn't feel that when I'd researched it on the internet and printed it out and stuck it in my sketchbook but when I saw it in real life I was like struck by this emotion and I would have have one of those really to remind me of that feeling and what what art can do for us I think next question if you had to pick any film to represent your creative journey what would it be Bridget Jones's diary I've always identified a little bit with Bridget Jones so I'll just have that one slightly scatty but but trying (laughs) love that okay final question If you were to inspire a young person or your younger self, what book would you gift to help them on their creative journey? I would give my younger self, I don't know how I'd receive this as my younger self, to be honest, because I'd be like, why are you giving me this? But um, I would have Slow Stitch by Claire Wellesley Smith. Um, In the first lockdown, I was inspired by one of my uh, friends who's actually on on our podcast who's a textile artist who is an amazing embroiderer and I needed to pass a lot of time uh, with all of my immediate work being cancelled and I just found stitching to be incredibly meditative and it's what I needed to be able to calm all the emotions that were going on for me at that time and that book has really inspired me to make as often as I can and to make in a non-judgmental way and to make in a mindful way and I wish I'd had that as a younger person and I wish I had allowed myself to make mistakes and make stuff that isn't that good but it is just making and to develop a practice rather than thinking about an end result I I would love to gift that to my younger self well Steph that is the end of our quick fire 
well it's over to you now you're not going to escape this oh gosh okay finish the sentence creativity is um creativity is diving deep into yourself to bring out your soul in a way that the world can understand it beautiful that was intense okay something that is inspiring me now is (laughs) this is not good this is so lame do you know what's inspiring me now it's a tv show called ted lasso it's on apple tv i'm obsessed with sitcom comedy this specific show it's putting hope and kindness back into the world and i love that oh lovely i need to watch that if you had to listen to just one song on repeat what would it be Okay, I'm going to cheat. I'm really sorry. But there's two songs. I have two songs. Ashley. <laughs> I know. I can't choose between the two of them. I'm really sorry. So um, the first one would be Brandy Carlisle's version of Hallelujah. I say that because I've listened to it on repeat several times this week. But then the one that I immediately thought of is from a musical. It's from the musical Big Fish. And it's a song called, I think it's called Fighting Dragons. And it's the story of a man who very much um, is trying to teach his son how to go out into the world and fight dragons. I just love that song. And it's a beautiful story and it's a beautiful journey. And if you could pick one piece of artwork to have in your home, money being no object, what would you have? Again, two pieces of artwork come to mind. I'm such a cheater. You're going to be so mad at me. Pick one, pick one. It would be a Van Gogh. I don't know the title of it. I'll, I'll look it up. It's a painting that looks almost identical to Starry Night. And it's got two people sort of looking out at this really beautiful sort of moonlit sky. It, it was a very similar thing of like, that was the first piece of artwork that really moved me in a way that I didn't see anybody else be moved. It just spoke specifically to me. I have to look up that painting, but it's a, it is a Van Gogh. So a film, if you had to pick any film to represent your creative journey, what would it be? I think it would be Garden State. It's a story of a guy who has to, he's an actor in California, has to go home to New Jersey because his mother's just died and he meets Natalie Portman and they fall in love. That's essentially, I've just ruined it for you. I've hardly watched any films, so this is great uh, opportunity for me to actually watch some good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Not just Bridget Jones's diary. Um, And finally, if you had to inspire a young person or even your younger self what book would you gift them to help them on their creative journey again I'm gonna cheat I'm so sorry there was a book that was gifted to me when I was 12 years old and it very much changed myself as a reader and as a writer and it was probably one of the best books I ever read as a young person so the book is called Walk Two Moons and I can't remember who it's by I want to say her name is Gail something I'll look it up but it's called Walk Two Moons well, well done, both of us, for making it through what we put our guests through. It's only fair, only fair. Uh, maybe we should just also say if people want to connect with us where they can. I have a website, ovalproductions.com. Um, so feel free to reach out through the website. Lovely. And same with me. My website is stephanieturner.co.uk. And you can find links to my social media at the bottom of that page as well. This has been lovely. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Ashley. Always a pleasure. Bye. Cheerio all.
Thank you for listening to Curious About Creativity. If you like what you heard today, please like, review, share, and subscribe. If you leave us a review, it helps more people find us. Curious About Creativity is hosted by Steph Turner and Ashley Evenson. Music by Twins Music. Edited by Bex Deverage. Produced by Bex Deverage, Ashley Evenson, and Steph Turner.